Mindset Squared Podcast with Mike and Mike. Giving you a knowledge cocktail every time. Mindset Squared Podcast with Mike and Mike. Bringing you the hottest topics around every time. And we're back. Uh, Mike, nice to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. We're doing audio only today, though. I got some kind of lingering cold, man. It's annoying. Well, that that happens. And there is a little bit of that going around, that's for sure. So, hey, I wanted to jump right into it today. There is a lot of buzz um, in the social media world right now with these various issues of defamation, slander, libel. Uh, I'm even seeing folks that are doing fundraisers in order to file lawsuits. This also dovetails with the issue of, you know, are social media, uh, social media websites and apps and things like that, are they actually publishers or are they platforms? Now, I think most people uh, that listen to us, quite frankly, don't even know that uh, you're a licensed attorney. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. I, don't do much uh, active practice of law, but occasionally people get in an injury or something like that and I refer the case out. So if anybody's listening and they get in a car crash or something, you know, I could, I could re- refer them out to a good lawyer. Very nice. Okay. And, um, and obviously you went to law school and you know the inner workings of the, uh, the legal world, especially in California. And I, I guess any lawyer that, that uh, not only can go through three years of law school, but shoot, you know, pass the bar exam, I, I would imagine that's a uh, pretty difficult exam. It, the, the failure rate is something like 52%, or the pass rate is around 52%. It's, it's supposedly really hard. It's more about, uh, you know, we, we could do a whole podcast on passing the bar, but most people psych themselves out. You only need a C- minus to pass the bar. And people think, oh, my God, I have to get an A, and then they freak out. I know very smart people who feel the bar for that reason. They have the wow. knowledge. Yeah, because you, you go, you know, you, if you take a test, you're in college or law school, you think, oh, I want to get an A on the test. Yeah. And you, you view the bar exam as another test. Okay, I have to get an A, and you hype yourself out. But the test itself is, when I took it, it was – Three days, and it was three hours in the morning, lunch, three hours in the afternoon, three days in a row. And that, that's a grind, man. Even I've studied hard, done a lot of hard things in my life. Mentally, that's a grind. By the third day, you're ready to get out of there. Well, if you hype yourself out that I either an A, an a plus or not, then you're drained emotionally, spiritually. And wow. the, the right approach is, to pass the bar, the bar you need to get a C minus. That that's a, that'll pass. And well, and I'm sure there are there's a zillion prep courses and things like that, and I'm sure there's bar tutors as well. I would imagine. There's a whole industry, right? There's a yeah. whole there's a whole industry of it. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's jump into this. So there's a lot of folks, and and this is like across the spectrum. I mean, we're not talking just you know, the political side of the internet or even the business side of the internet, but there's all kinds of 
of legal issues that are that are going on between influencers right now in the social media world. And I'm not going to get into, you know, naming names and things like that and, and pointing out specific uh, instances of this. But so can you run through, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I did a simple Google search, right? Defamation, slander, libel. Defina defamation is an area of law that provides a civil remedy when someone's words end up causing harm to your rep reputation or livelihood. Libel is a written or published defamatory statement, while slander is defamation that is spoken by the defendant. That jive with your understanding. Yeah, yeah. Defamation is the catch-all category, then libel or slander depends on the medium in which it's used. Okay. So, you know, are you... You know, I, I, you, you've been the, the issue or you've been the uh, target of, of attacks in the past. And so I'm sure that while maybe you've never filed one of these suits, maybe you have, I don't know. But I'm sure that you're being an attorney, you're pretty aware of how these things work and, and the nuances of it. So starting from very, maybe the very beginning, a guy lives in, uh, say, Texas, okay? and he slanders or libels somebody who lives in California. What, what is, where, do you, where does it go from there? Is it a California suit? Well, that's a, yeah, there's a lot of things to it. That's multi-jurisdictional issue. There's also, the, the biggest issue with libel and slander is you can only sue for a false statement of fact and not for opinion. But the quirk is that people often assert opinions if they're facts. So I gi I'll give you an example. There's a high-profile uh, person who's suing a high-profile left-wing group. And I won't name, name their names because it might get us flagged because that's the, the dumb world we live in. But yeah. this group identifies people as hate groups. and They identify people as hate group leaders, which I would think all of us would consider that to be a statement of fact. You're telling the police and they send out a newsletter to the police. Oh, here's the hate group leaders. Well, one of these guys said, look, man, I just told a bunch of jokes and you're trying to pretend like I meant them seriously. When everybody knows it was a joke, I run a comedy show. I'm not a hate group leader. And he sued them for defamation. They responded by saying, well, you can't sue us for defamation because we didn't call you a hate group leader as a statement of fact. We just shared our opinion. Now, hmm. Yeah, so lawyers love to get right into the weeds about what is a statement of fact and what is an opinion. One of the classic examples would be, or, or people are couching opinion of facts. So in my opinion, Mike Boleyn stole money from me. Well, that, that's not an opinion just because I said it's in my opinion. I'm, making, right. I, I'm saying something that's falsifiable. So when you think about a fact, um, when you think about a fact, it generally has to be something that's falsifiable. Uh, for example, this, it might not feel this way, but if the media calls someone a racist, that should be, you would think that's a statement of fact. Your life is going to be upended by that. But the trend in the courts tend to say that that is actually a statement of opinion because it's not falsifiable whether someone can be racist or not. Now, the other argument to that is, well, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of case law about racial discrimination, what is racist and what isn't. And, and again, you can get the weeds, but that's what makes defamation so complicated is one, what is, what is an actionable statement of fact? It has to be false and defamatory. 
that is, it has to be untrue and it also has to harm your reputation in terms of other people have to believe it. And then it gets more complicated because if you're a private figure versus a public figure, there's a different standard of law that applies. Oh, now that's interesting. Okay. That's a really interesting point. So if you're a private figure, I'm just a guy, I, uh, you know, I work at a gas station and I've got three friends and uh, once a month I go out and drink a beer at the local pub. I'm not a public figure, am I? No, most people aren't. Mo okay. Most people, right. Most people aren't public figures, but even then it gets tricky. Okay. I thought, let's just say you're a, and, and I'll tell people why this matters. Let's just say you're, you're not in the limelight. You don't have a podcast or anything. Just living your life. Yep. And then something happens to you such that you become newsworthy. You then become a public figure with respect to anything regarding the subject. Now, here's why this matters a, a lot, actually. This is the difference between winning and losing. And the Nicholas Sandman case, we all remember the Covington Gate hoax spread by the media. These yeah. kids were harassing this poor, helpless Native American man who was a Vietnam vet. And then as it turns out, no, he was harassing them. He was helping people who were dropping, you know, racial slurs at others. And the, the Vietnam vet wasn't a Vietnam vet. He was still in valor. And for people that don't know, this, this was simply a case of some high school kids who were in Washington, D.C. They were visiting a war memorial. Maybe you remember which one. I, I, I don't even remember where it was in Washington, D.C., and not that it really matters. But they were visiting a memorial. They walked in, and there was a lot of activity there. And, you know, I, I think the facts of it are – uh, irrefutable at this point, right? That they, they simply walked in and there was, there was video from all different angles of people saying things. But anyway, the Covington kids were wearing um, uh, political hats and they were approached by a Vietnam vet. But he wasn't a Vietnam vet. That was, that was also a lie. So there, there were so many layers to the lie. Okay. And, and, and here's why this stuff matters is if you're a 15 year old kid and somebody calls you all these names, white supremacist and all this stuff, they, they can't get away with that. You, you, can, you can sue them because the standard of the utterance that it's judged under differs if you're a private or public figure. If you're a private figure, people can be guilty of negligently defaming you. If you're a okay. public figure, if you're a public figure, you have to show what's called actual malice, which doesn't mean you're malicious or evil. It's a legal standard. Actual malice means that you said or wrote something with reckless disregard for truth or falsity because you entertained serious doubts about whether it was true, and that has to be shown by clear and convincing evidence. In other words, unless you can somehow prove the person knew he was lying about the public figure, then you can't win a defamation lawsuit. And in the, in the Covington gate case, this matters because if Nicholas Salmon is treated as a private figure, there's a lot of people he can sue. So mm -hmm. you know, they were calling him every name you could think of. But if he's treated as a limited purpose public figure, then he'll be analyzed in the same standard as a public figure. And they'll say, well, we call them a racist, but we thought he was because we saw an edited video. And, and, it, and 
there that you win. I mean, that, that's just a clear cut case of I, I watched an edited video and I drew a opinion about this person, drew a conclusion about this person. Now, if the, if he were a private figure, you could still be negligent. You couldn't say, well, I saw a video. They would say, well, did you follow up with the video? Did you look for other angles? But if you're a public figure, if there's one little clip out, you, even of you making a joke that can be spun into anything and everything. And there's nothing you can do about it. I see. Okay. So bringing this down to something maybe that's, you know, more relatable, let's say we've got, uh, you know, there's a buddy of ours that has a, say a, a Facebook group and he fixes up cars for a living. All right. And he's got a, you know, he's fixing up cars. He's talking about motorcycles and whatever. And he's got a huge following, you know, and a lot of people, you know, asking him about cars. And then he says, well, you know, the shop down the street is a bunch of, you know, they're, they're a pile of crap because they go out and install, you know, uh, faulty mufflers on every car that they, uh, they do. And, um, so is he considered a public figure in that regard because he's an expert in that space and he's got a large audience? Right. That, that's where it gets almost impossible without litigating it. If, you're, if you own a muffler shop, are you a public figure or is your muffler shop, does owning a muffler shop make you a public figure? Or if you're a real estate agent and your area and you're, you have your face all over the billboards and then someone calls you a scammer. Well, there's two layers to that. Does having those billboards out make you a public figure probably for at least as relates to real estate because you've thrust mm -hmm. yourself out in the public spotlight but it's calling uh, especially if that person has a let's say that agent or let's say that that person is a a reviewer like they own curbed and sf or something they've got a huge website that reviews real estate issues okay and they call out an agent specifically and say, hey, they're a fake, they're a fraud, they're a scammer, they're a whatever, then that person who is slandering or are creating that libel, they're a public figure, yes, because they've got a large uh, following or a large uh, presence? Well, th that's what it's very, it's based on, is usually you look to whether or not the person has thrust himself or herself into the spotlight. It's, it's more, it's more looked, and if you're advertising, so here's what happens with people. If you put your face all over there as a real estate agent, you might not think you're a public figure. You're thinking I'm just advertising my business. This is the way it is. And then you find out, you know, people start lying about you and you go to a lawyer and you want to sue and the lawyer says, well, can't really do anything for you. Why? Because you're a public figure. What do you mean I'm a public figure? By placing the advertisements and whatnot. And in a way right. it's kind of, I see both sides of it. On the one hand, if you are plastering your face out there, you're a public figure. But on the other hand, if you're just plastering your face out there as a commercial advertisement, you're not trying to be a reality TV star. You're not putting your whole life out into the world. So is it really fair to treat a person like that as a public figure? These are complicated. And then it gets complicated because it's calling someone a scammer, like we talked about earlier, a statement of fact or an opinion. Right. Context matters. So many, so many other factors matter. Generally speaking, it is not. It's just hyperbole, and hyperbole is not viewed as a statement of fact. So if somebody says, so-and-so real estate agent is a scammer, that would be an opinion. But and this is why this stuff drives people crazy who aren't lawyers. Right. So if, if they said, John Smith realtor is a scammer, no defamation. But if I, I said, John Smith handled a real estate deal for me and ripped me off. Well, now 
that can be defamation if he never handled my deal. Because right. now I've, I've, or if I say, according to people who know John Smith, he's a scammer. Well, now we're in the realm of, okay, it's defamatory. You're, you're now saying that, that is a statement of fact based on what other people have told you. But just general, you're a fraud, you're a scammer, you're this, you're that, tends to be viewed as hyperbolic statements and therefore not defamatory under the law, which, I, again, I don't like. I, I think that, I'll give you an example. I had a newspaper in the Netherlands call me. Um, they claimed that I had been a, a criminal. And I hired a lawyer, paid him 375 euros. Within two hours, the false statement about me was gone. In, Amer mm. in America, that, that would have cost me a million dollars to take to, to trial, and I wouldn't even win any money. So in, a, in the, the American press, you can get away. I mean, they, they can get away with saying anything. That's why people go, oh, why don't you just sue, sue them for defamation? Yeah, it's about a million and a half to litigate fully a defamation trial. And for what? You could take that million. I mean, th this is how dumb people are when they, they say things like that is you, if you – really defamed me in a way that I wanted to sue you for. And I've had, I've gotten retractions out of people. So there are times it's worth going after it, but why would I spend a million dollars on a lawyer to maybe win a case? I could just spend a million dollars on Facebook ads and promote myself. And I would get way more ROI out of promoting myself than even dragging it out of court. So when people say I things, so when people, and by the way, I don't mind it when people are ignorant, but a lot of people, they really think they know so much and they just go, oh, if that were really, if they're lying about you, you would just sue them. Wow. Way, way to show you don't actually know anything about what you're talking about. And yet you feel very emotional about it. And the American approach too is, hey, just get your own message out. And before everybody started getting banned from social media, I was sympathetic to that. Well, the media lies about so-and-so but you have an Instagram following of a hundred thousand people go on your Instagram, tell your people they're lying about you, get, you know, amplify your own truth. But now we're getting to the point where you, there's no answer there. If people lie about you in the media, you can't even take to social media to defend yourself anymore. And you're completely at the mercy of a few really big media corporations. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So, as that ties into the slander and libel defamation uh, topic, <clears throat> what is your feeling? Are, say, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, are these publishers or are they platforms? And if they're one or the other, how does that affect what we're talking about? Well, that goes to liability corporations. So if the New York Times publishes an article about you, and it's defamatory, you can sue the New York Times. If a competitor of yours goes onto Facebook and publishes malicious lies about you that are statements of fact, then you can sue him but not Facebook. Facebook claims, and they have a statutory immunity, which says that we're not a publisher of statements. We just provide a platform for other people to speak. Okay, so, so New York Times is a publisher. Yes. Okay. And is that the whole Gawker thing that went down a long time Gawker. ago? Gawker? So yeah. out of existence? Yeah. So a media outlet is a publisher. If I write something at Cernovich.com, I've published it. If I tweet something, I've published it. If I post something on Facebook, I've published it. Facebook, okay. those other outlets say, and, and, and look at it this way. So 
if you write an article for the New York Times and you lie about someone, they can sue you and the New York Times. So you're both publishers. If you write something on social media or someone writes something bad about you on social media, you can only sue the person who wrote it. You can't sue the, the social media outlet or even if it's a blog and somebody posts a um, derogatory blog comment, there's, you can't sue the blog owner unless they, you know, there's a number of exceptions, but we don't need to get into that now. Right. So what's your feeling on that? I mean, is that, is that something that you think should change? I mean, should they be, should the statutory protection be eliminated or should that stay in place? I mean, does it make sense that these are not publishers? Is Facebook not a publisher? Kind of seems right. like they, they are. They are now. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's something called a legal fiction and that means we all know it's a lie. We all know they're a publisher. We all know they're exercising editorial control in the way a publisher is. And therefore, they should not have any kind of immunity under the law for the distinction that they're a platform and not a publisher. That, that's for sure. The hardest one is, or hard, to, so in, in my view, it's quite easy. Any, any company doing over a billion in revenue should be treated as a publisher and not a platform. They can hire moderators and do other things. And especially now where these well, social. And let me interrupt you there before we get too far past it. But isn't it that you, you have, okay, you have Facebook, right? And Facebook is eliminating certain people from their platform. I mean, they went out and they got rid of Louis Farrakhan, okay, on their platform. They eliminated him. So isn't that editorial content aren't they aren't they editorializing by saying hey we don't want this on our platform so we're going to remove it so are they aren't they at that point crossing over into publishing because now you're curating your content i mean it's really no different than if i have which i do i got 600 twitter followers and you can set up you know on twitter you can set up these lists right where you can only see you can click on that list and then you only see these 15 or 18 people or whatever and I, and you know, and there's certain lists I click on a lot because I like reading those particular people. Okay, so I'm curating my content on Twitter. Isn't Facebook effectively doing the same thing and curating content by eliminating certain people from the platform? Yes, and that's why when they try to claim that they're a platform, not a publisher, no one takes that seriously anymore. They still have the legal protection that legal fiction still exists, but no serious person views that as credible. Oh, we're, we're, not, we're not publishers, we're a platform, but they exercise editorial discretion. They dictate who and what can publish on their platform. They rank and derank things in the algorithm. So they're, they're making the kind of editorial judgments that any other major publisher should. So yeah, nobody... Well, and yeah. it's been proven, right, that, that I, I think it was through WikiLeaks or one of these others that Facebook has actually gone in and, and you know... I don't know what the word would be, gerrymandered their algorithm so that certain people are certain stories, et cetera, that they approve of, that the people at Facebook approve of, go to a higher scene level or a higher, um, uh, I, I don't know what the word would be. You know, wh uh, what am I searching for here? That, 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 that particular story or that particular idea or that particular person is put out in front of a larger audience than maybe somebody else's. And not only that, but they actually suppress certain people through a, a, an act called shadow banning. Right, and that's why nobody who's 
thought about these issues for more than 10 minutes views Facebook as a platform anymore. It, it's a legal fiction that it, it, they have really expensive lobbyists, so it isn't going to get changed anytime soon, but it's a legal fiction that needs to be abolished. And, and so you said you, you have this theory or, or you have an idea as far as $1 billion. So can you, you talk about that for a sec? Well, if you can't, right. So the, the platform publisher distinction helps if maybe you're a small independent publication. Can you please every blog comment that goes on that, right? And there, there could be like a safe harbor provision. So for example, if someone posts copyrighted material on your website, and you get a DMCA notice, you can't be sued because somebody posted a copyrighted thing on your website unless you refuse to take it down. And okay. that's a safe harbor. So you could have a defamation safe harbor, which is if you're just a mom and pop blog and maybe you don't even read the comments every day, if you get a notice to take something down, then you have to take it down, but otherwise you're protected. But if you're a multi- Well, that, you know, seems, that, that seems very, very reasonable. I mean, if, if you and I and two, two other of our friends, four guys band together and we start up a little thing and we're publishing stories and we let people publish stories, almost like a drudge report, but you know, you let people get on there and do their thing. You, we couldn't all get on there and police everything. But if somebody sends us a letter and says, hey, you know, Joe Schmo said something really nasty about my wife, I want you to take it down. We look yeah. at it. We say it's there. We take it down. Right, right. Exactly. And that Facebook should be required to do that. Right now, if there's somebody using Facebook to, to defame you, they don't even have to take it down. They, you wow. can send a letter from your lawyer, nothing. And they, they can't be sued, so they don't care. Their, their answer to that is F you. People can say whatever they want to say about you on Facebook. And once wow. people look into the fundamental unfairness of it, that, that's why people are turning on big tech. Everybody, myself included, people used to love Facebook. And then you get into it, you go, wait a minute, what? So Facebook makes all this money. They actively censor people who they disagree with politically. And they have all these protections while they're minting money. How, how in the world, right? Nobody who's intelligent would look at the, the state of affairs and defend the current law. You would say, yeah, this should be changed immediately. But welcome, Welcome to America where Well it sounds a lot like a it sounds a lot like a monopoly. They have a monopoly on that particular space. I mean, you've right. got a company that owns Instagram, which is also a massively growing platform. You've got Facebook, which is no longer growing, at least in North America. Um, but and that's probably because they've reached a saturation point, obviously. But you but they're both massive platforms. These are almost like the white pages or yellow pages or you know, it's a yearbook for the world, right? right. Um, these are massive platforms and um, they, they do exercise editorial judgment by eliminating people like, say, a Louis Farrakhan. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's an interesting subject because I don't know, you know, if we'll see changes in that or not, but it is certainly impairing people's ability to even reply to defamation if you have no outlet to get your message out there how, how do you respond to it yeah th th that and that again is the issue they the answer to speech the cliche and it's becoming cliche now is the answer to speech you don't like is more speech okay great where are you gonna exercise your free speech rights at when there are a few monopolies that are singling people out and banning people
it just doesn't make sense. Right. Boy, well, this is a very interesting discussion, Mike. Um, and uh, appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat about this. Uh, you definitely have a lot of knowledge in this area. So. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Good, good talk. All right. Thanks.